The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Let me tell you one more thing that we'll get into today's message. We have a guest speaker next Sunday that you're not going to want to miss. And uh, sometimes I don't tell you when guest speakers are coming because sometimes if you know I'm not going to be here, then you play hooky. But I'm going to tell you because you're not going to want to miss next week. Uh, Next week, my dad is going to be here. He's preached here quite a few times. Most of you already know him. And, uh, and I'll just tell you this, he listens every week, uh, wherever he's preaching around the state, he'll tune in afterwards and he listens. And, and after last week's uh, Father's Day with Ava and I, um, and I told a story about getting spanked, um, he just said to me that uh, we had Father's Day lunch and he said, Jason, just wait till I get the mic next Sunday. I am going to set the record straight, okay? And so I don't know what that means, but um, you are going to enjoy it. I'm just telling you, you're going to enjoy it. And, and I'll just tell you where, uh, where, where, uh, where I'm going to be next week. My best friend, you've heard me tell lots of stories about my friend Derek. Uh, him and his wife have pastored for 23 years in Tucumcari, and uh, they have just accepted an assignment that will move them to Albuquerque to be uh, in, an, a role, in a role in our state office for the Assemblies of God. And so today is their last Sunday uh, in their church, and they asked if I would uh, be willing to preach the first Sunday that they're out because I have uh, some pretty deep relationships in that community and uh, wanted to be able to help them as that church transitions uh, to find a new pastor. And so I'll be there next week. My dad will be here. You will be here. And uh, it will be a fantastic, fantastic weekend. Uh, if you are new to Harvest, I just want every once in a while I like to, to tell you kind of how we do things. One of the things that we most often do in our preaching is that we'll preach in series. Uh, so uh, right now we're in a series on family. I'll tell you about that in a second. I'm developing a series right now for the fall that I'm really excited about. Some of you will remember a series that we did in 2021 called Out of the Cave. It was a series about mental health. And uh, we are going to do a follow-up series uh, to that. I'm working on that for the fall. My, my friend Peter Pignon, y'all, much of y'all met him. He, he did men's conferences last year. He's preached at Harvest. He happens to be my counselor, and he's going to come and help us with that series. It's going to be incredible. I'm super excited about it. And our series right now, we've been in it for a little while, is on family. And I hope, I pray that it has been helpful uh, to you and to your family. And I just, I'm, I'm hearing some stories, and it's exciting. I'm, I'm hearing what God's doing in families as we make decisions to, to do family the way God tells us to do family in his word. And I hope that is what is happening in your life. Today, as we talk about family, I, I'm starting with this premise. You can help me if you agree with this. I believe that every single one of us wants healthy family relationships. Would you agree with that or not? Every one of us wants healthy family. Every one of us wants to enjoy our family, to have great memories with our family. I think everyone in this room and watching online has dreams for your family. But here, here's kind of the, the caveat, but few, in my opinion, are willing to do what it takes to have healthy relationships 
in your family. Let me see if I can explain it with an illustration. Growing up, I played baseball. Any baseball fans in the house? I played baseball. I played Little League. Uh, my dad was my coach for a bunch of those years. We, in fact, when my dad was the coach, we had a really good team. We actually won the championship one year. I, I made it to the all-star team a, a couple of times. I, I just, I loved playing baseball. And because of that, I loved watching baseball, okay? Uh, I, I'll be honest, I don't love watching baseball anymore, but when I was playing it, I loved watching baseball, and I loved collecting baseball cards. Do I have any, any card collectors, anyone? I know it's not really a thing anymore. I have boxes and boxes of baseball cards, and uh, a while back, I gave them to my friend Clyde because he sells uh, cards, and I said, bro, you got to make a lot of money on these cards for me, okay? I got three girls that are getting ready to go to, to college. They're going to want to get married, and it's all banking on you selling these cards, all right? So he has not done well yet, but we're, we're still praying. And so I love playing baseball. I love collecting cards. And, and I was thinking about, uh, about this week. I was thinking about, about baseball. Let's see if you remember any of these players. This will show my age a little bit because these, like, these are like players that were, were playing in like the 90s, okay? Anyone remember Nolan Ryan? Anyone remember Nolan? I was like, that, that, okay, I, I, thought, I thought you might. I started with a really good, how about, how about this one? This was, this was actually, he was my favorite baseball player when I was growing up because he, I loved, he was the base stealer, okay? He was the number one base stealer. Uh, his name is Ricky Henderson Jr. Anyone remember Ricky? Oh my goodness. I was watching the game when he broke the record, y'all. I, I came unglued in my living room watching the game. I loved watching that. How about Ken Griffey Jr.? Anyone remember Ken Griffey Jr.? Uh, how about this? Bo Jackson. You know, remember Bo Jackson? He played both baseball and football, right? That was pretty cool to me as a kid. And I have just one more, and I'm going to tell you about him. Cal Rip Jr. Does anyone remember Cal Ripken Jr.? So here's, if you don't know, and some of you, you're not baseball fans, but here, here's the deal. Here's what I'm telling you about baseball. Cal Ripken Jr., he was a shortstop and a third baseman for the Orioles. And on September 6th of 90, 1995, he broke a record that was previously held by Lou Gehrig. And the record that he broke was for the most consecutive games played. Okay, most consecutive games where he didn't miss a game. He broke the record in, in 1995. Now, he continued that streak, and he went on to set a new record in 1980. Uh, uh, he, he played from 1982 to 1998, 2,632 straight games, okay? He didn't miss a game. He played every single one. He, he played all of those games, and he set this record. I remember when that happened. I remember, like, this is pretty cool. They called him the Iron Man, right? And he's like, he, he never missed a game. What this means is that Cal Ripken Jr. played when he felt good and when he didn't feel good. He played when he was healthy, and he played when he was injured. He played on the good days. He played on the bad days. Every single day, he showed up to play the game. And I was reading about him this week, and here's a quote. I just love it. He said, I didn't just show up for work, as sometimes has been said. I also showed up to work. And I just, I loved his attitude. I remember growing up thinking, I love the attitude of Cal Ripken Jr. And I was reminded of it this week for the message that I felt like I needed to bring to you today. Because Cal Ripken, he was known for his consistency, for some might call it his stubbornness, right? For his persistence, for that, that won't stop attitude that he carried into the game, for his fortitude. In fact, here's one more quote as he reflected on his, his record 
third of consecutive games, he said stubbornness usually is considered a negative, but I think that trait has been a positive for me. He just said, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to show up for every game. And the reason I'm talking about that is I think that's a quality that's needed for that healthy family that you're dreaming of, for that, for that, that, that family that, that as you think about, what do I want my family to look like? It's going to require that stubbornness, that consistency, that, that persistence. And, and one of the reasons I felt like this message was needed today is because we've been talking about family for a little while. And many of you have made some decisions. You've, you've changed the way you're doing some things in your family. But, but today, I needed to talk to those of you that have made some decisions to, to get healthy, to, to turn things around, to, to, to change your family tree. But maybe today, maybe you feel this way. Maybe you feel like, I've made these changes, but it's not it's not happening fast enough, right? Have you ever felt that way about any part of your life? Uh, I think the easiest place would be this, is we make a decision that we're gonna lose a little bit of weight, right? We're gonna get, we're gonna get healthy, we're gonna exercise, right? And so we spend about two days, right? We do two workouts and uh, we, you know, two times we, we don't eat the burger and we, we grill some chicken, right? And we're feeling good about ourselves and then what do we do? We get on the scale, right? And we look at the scale and we're watching for that needle to move and you get you get off it and you, you're like maybe this thing's broken and you get back on it right and you're like why is it not happening fast enough have you ever felt that way come on be honest it's like it's it, I, two days I've, I've worked so hard for two days like I don't know why and, and then this is the worst tell me if this happened to you sometimes after two days the scale goes the other direction has that ever happened to y'all ever have it's called water weight it just happens it just happens all right um anyway sometimes it just doesn't change fast enough and this is what I think happens when it comes to making these hard decisions for our family is we create some new habits and, and we create some new disciplines and we decide we're going we're gonna to do it according to God's word and we start doing it and, and a few days or a few weeks or even a few months go by and we're not seeing the change fast enough. And if that's where you happen to be, maybe you'll find yourself there as you make these decisions. That's really who I want to talk to today. My, my friend, Pastor Scott Wilson, one of my mentors, he talks about this. He talks about how we often have what he calls uphill goals with downhill habits. <laughs> it's this idea that anything that's worthwhile in your life, it's going to take, it's an uphill, right? You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to, you're going to have to do some things to go after that, to, to achieve that. But unfortunately, we often have these, these goals that are uphill, but we live with habits that are pulling us downhill. And we wonder why we're not getting to the top of that mountain. So today, I just want to talk really about kind of one idea, and it's this, to be the family that God has dreamed about for you, it's going to require you to show up every day. Will you just say every day? Will you say that with me? Say every day. It's going to require you, mom, dad, uncle, grandma, grandpa, teenager, it's going to require you to show up for your family every single day. 
day. Now, in case you're wondering, well, what kind of, of life, what kind of family is God dreaming for me? I'm just going to point you to one verse. And mo- most of you, if you come to Harvest, you already know what verse I'm going to because it's my favorite verse. But this is what God is dreaming for your family, okay? John chapter 10, verse 10 says, Jesus says this. He says it about you. He says it about your marriage. He says it for your kids. He says it for your family. He says, I have come that you may have life. And I love that he doesn't stop. He says, life to the full. That's what God's dreaming for you. That's what God's dreaming for your family. And I know that some of you are looking right now at your family, at your dynamics, at what's going on, at the, at the pain, at the brokenness, at the turmoil, and you're like, that is not where I'm at. And I know, and I know that. And today, I'm going to encourage you to chase after that every single day. Every day. Say every day one more time. Every day. Every single day. So what I want to do, we're going to get into God's word, but I want to pause, and I just want us to pray. This prayer has one purpose, and the purpose is that we would open our hearts to what God has for us today. We believe at Harvest that God's word is living and it's active. That means every time we open it, that there's a fresh word for you for exactly where you're at. And one of the things we've learned is that if we'll position our hearts to hear from the Lord, that he's faithful. And I just believe that today, that God will do something in every single person, whatever your family dynamic is, whatever you're facing, that he'll do something in your family today. And so I just want us to pause and recognize the activity of the Holy Spirit today and and, and the importance of God's word in our lives, and I just, God's going to talk to us. Do you believe that today? All right, let's pray. So Jesus, we're so thankful for your word today. It's really important in our lives, and so before we get into it, we we don't want to we don't want to just take it for granted. We just pause. We, we recognize the importance of your word and the activity of the Holy Spirit. We do our part. We just open our hearts to you right now. Lord, will you talk to us today? Will you help us today? And especially families who are working hard to achieve that full life that you have dreamed of. Lord, today, will you help us, speak to us, challenge us, shape us? In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. As of today... I have been alive for 16,172 days, okay? I had to go back and do some math. 16,172 days. As of today, Lisa and I have been married for 8,380 of those days. What that means is that, that we have been married now for over half of all of my days here on the earth, okay? Y'all can do the, your own math and your own family today. Here, here's the problem with family, all right? Here's the problem with family. Are you ready for it? They see you every day, right? Now, here's the great part about family. Are you ready for it? They see you every day, right? This is the thing about family, right? Is that you are with them every day. They see you on the good days. They see you on the bad days. They see you on the days that are in between, on on the mundane days. Your family knows the real you. And listen, you might be able to pull one over on your work friends, okay? You're, you're with them 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You might be able to, to trick them, right? You might be able to trick your church friends, okay? Because you come to church on Sunday, and you, maybe you're in a life group. Maybe you show up for, you know, some event like the isotopes or whatever. Like, but, but listen, I'm just telling you, with your family, 
you're not going to be able to trick them for very long because they are with you every single day. And because of this, there's a responsibility that not just, not just to exist every day, but to show up for your family every single day. I love the quote from Cal Ripken where he said, I didn't just show up at work, I showed up to work. And, and I thought of that because there's a lot of, there's a lot, I'll just pick on dads for a minute. There's a lot of dads who are physically in the room, in the home, but you're not present for your family. Are you following me? I'm not just like, I'm not just saying to just be there. I'm saying to show up, to be there, ready to work, to, to be involved in your family, to go to work for your family, to, to spiritually fight for your family. And, and I've read this verse. I'll, I want to share it with you that, that all, I mean, really for a few weeks as I've been praying, you know, as we're, we're starting to kind of close in on the end of this series. And I'm excited about the decisions that are being made, but I'm, I'm also kind of picking up on like this weariness because here's the reality. To achieve a healthy family, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of, it takes work every single day. And so I, I came back to this verse. You've probably heard it. Galatians chapter 6 Starting in verse 7, it starts like this. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal. And then it says this. It says this. Let us not. This is the part that got my attention. Let us not grow weary in doing good. I want to I announce that over you, over your family don't get weary in doing good for your family. Don't get weary in chasing that, that good life, that full life that God is dreaming for you. Don't grow weary in doing good for at the proper time, he says. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of Believers. I even love that the word family is in that passage. So for those of you who maybe you're in a, a fight for your family, I want you to hear me today. I believe what the Holy Spirit is saying to you is this, is do not give up. Keep fighting, keep working, keep praying, keep moving towards that full life that God is dreaming for you. You know, there's a, a theme in the Bible of, of men and women of God who live a consistent life, a consistent, and, and every day going after the things of the Lord. I, I'll show you a couple of examples that, that I thought of as I thought about this. One of them is a guy by the name of Noah. Uh, some of you know Noah because he's famous for building a big ark because there was a big boat. There was a flood that was coming. The Lord told him was coming to wipe out the earth. I'll show it to you in the scripture. And so so, so he builds this big boat, and his, his story is actually found in the book of Genesis, but there's a verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, talks about all these men and women of faith, and Noah is mentioned in this, in this chapter in Hebrews 11, verse 7, it says this about Noah, it says, by faith Noah, when warned about things that were not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to, and watch this, save his family. He did this 
to save his family. Now, this is an, an interesting you know, phrase, to save his family, because, because often when we, when in church, when we think about the word save, we think of salvation, and salvation, just to be really clear, is a personal decision. You have to make that decision. No one can make it for you. So when, in Hebrews, when it says he saved his family, he's not talking about salvation. He's literally talking about rescuing them from the impending danger that was coming from the flood. In other words, mom, Dad, raising your kids in the faith, at some point they have to make their own personal salvation decision. But you and I, as parents, we can create an atmosphere to protect them, to keep them safe from the impending danger that is coming at them from the storm that I'll just call culture. You can create that atmosphere. Hebrews says he did this to save his family. Here's the story, Genesis chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 3. It says, and the Lord said, my spirit, this is not an encouraging verse, by the way. He said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever. Um, God's upset, okay? Are you hearing this? For they are mortal, and so he says, their days will be 120 years. Now, this is important because it's starting a timeline for us. It's starting a, a countdown clock. It's like God looks at man. Man's living. His, he's just living for himself. He's doing whatever he wants, and the Lord's upset, and so he starts a time clock of 120 years, and then you go down to verse 8, and it says, the Lord said, my spirit, well, uh, I'm sorry, I read that one. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe out from the face of the earth the human race that I've created and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground. In other words, he's like, I'm going to wipe the slate clean. That's what the Lord says, right? And Noah, watch this, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. As I was reading this passage, I, I, I know this passage, but I, I was reading and I was contemplating how, how, how upset the Lord was with the humans that he had created and the decisions that they were making. He just wanted to clear the slate. And I, I just kind of thought, you know, there's probably some people that, that feel that way about their family. You know, like, man, I just, like, we're so far gone. Like, I wish I could just kind of clear the slate and start over and try again. But then that phrase at the end where it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And I felt like I needed to encourage some of you that maybe feel that way, that all that needs to happen for your family to begin to make the turn is to find for one, just one of you, just you. What if just you found favor in the eyes of the Lord for your family? Like the slate doesn't have to be cleared. What if you just found favor today in the eyes of the Lord? What is possible for your family so Noah, he goes to work building this big boat. The Lord gives him instructions, tells him how to do it, how big, how wide, how tall, what to build it out of. He, he goes, he gets his tools, he, he builds this, this, big, this big boat. From the time that he, that he heard from the Lord and the time they boarded the boat, it was 120 years. And remember, we're talking about everyday consistency. So the story of Noah is that he, he hears from the Lord and he goes to work and for 120 years he's pursuing the word that he heard from the Lord, which is to build this boat. 120 years of building a boat, of sawing wood without 
power tools, right? <laughs> of, of nailing together without power tools, right? Of, of, of waterproofing this boat without, I mean, he's working every day. He's pursuing this dream every day. And one day he completes the boat and the Lord says, go get the animals. So are you following this? He thinks he's finished working and then the Lord gives him another assignment. Has that ever felt, is that how you felt sometimes? So now he has to go out, he has to round up the animals, two, two geese and two platypuses and two giraffes and two, right? And he, oh, more work, right? He gathers all these animals and he gets them on the boat. And I'll just say this, I think that's when the real work began. Because now he's got to take care of the animals and he's stuck on a boat with his family, okay? Any of y'all ever been on a cruise? Any of y'all ever been on a cruise? They're awesome, right? Until they're not, right? Because the beautiful part of a cruise is that you're stuck on a boat. The bad part of a cruise is you're stuck on a boat, right? You get in a fight with your spouse on a cruise and your room is like six feet by six feet and now you have to go into that room every day and, and, and be there with the person that you're fighting with and you, you, you can't leave, you can't escape, you have to stay on the boat, you have to, you have to go and, 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 and eat and play. And Noah's he's not on a cruise but he's on a boat. And all he's got is his family, and he's got, his, and he's got all these animals, and he has to feed the animals. He has, he has to take care of the animals. He has to do all of this stuff. And, and here's the deal. He's on the boat, and this is, might, might sound unscientific. He's on the boat 370-ish days, okay? It's, it's, there's an ish there because, because no one's ever actually been able to figure it out exactly. It's 370 or 371, 372, somewhere in that. 370-ish days on a boat, so, so everything about Noah's story, everything about it, from the building of the boat, to the putting the animals, to being on the boat, every part of it is about consistency. It's about showing up every day. It's about showing up every day for your family, every single day. Here's another picture, uh, Joshua. There's a guy named Joshua, again, Hebrews uh, 11, about faith, talks about Joshua. It says about this, it says, by faith, uh, he mentions a particular um, episode in Joshua's life. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days, okay? This is another story, in my opinion, that, that epitomizes consistency, okay? If you don't know this story, it's found in Joshua 6. God's people are at war with the people who live in Jericho, and Jericho's claim to fame is they have this giant wall, this big wall, tall and wide and strong, and, and this big wall, and that's what has kept Jericho safe, but the people of God are coming against Jericho, and they don't know what to do, so God gives them a plan. Here's the plan, Joshua 6, verse 3. Listen to the plan. Um, march around the city once with all of the armed men. March around. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight M, okay? I've always thought that this was a lousy plan, okay? Has anyone else read this story and thought, I could come up with a better plan? Anyone? Come on. You're, you're judging me because I'm, I'm telling you what I think when I read the Bible, okay? I would have included bazookas 
and grenades and tanks and flamethrowers. I mean, I would, I'm just telling you, I could come up with all kinds of ways to take down this wall that sound better than walking in a circle, right? Can you imagine? Day one. Hey, guys, get all your weapons. Here's what we're going to do. Oh, we're ready. Yeah, Joshua, tell us what to do. Here's what we're doing, guys. We're going for a walk. I bet that went over really good, right? And somehow he convinced them, and they walked, and nothing happened. And day two, Joshua says, all right, guys, breakfast is over. Uh, get, get your shoes on. Gather your weapons. Meet me out here, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to tell you the plan for the day. And they come out there on day two. He says, all right, guys, i got a really good plan for today. We're going to go for a walk again. And day three and day four, I don't know at what point it happened, but somewhere along the way, I'm sure of it, that the guys are out walking around, and they're starting to talk. And they're saying, what kind of cockamamie plan did Joshua come up with? Every single day, all we're doing is walking around these walls. What kind of plan? I could come up with a better plan. My mom could come up with a better plan. Than like, what in the world? Do you, do you think that happened? Every single day, they're doing the same thing. They're walking around a wall, and nothing is changing that they can see with their eyes. Until day seven, they finish the plan. They follow it to its T. And if you know the story, God takes care of them, and he destroys. The walls come down, and they go in, and they destroy the people of Jericho. It's a picture of consistency. Here's one more. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's about a guy named Nehemiah. We already talked about him in this series, but, but it's another picture of, of consistency because Nehemiah had a job to do. He was rebuilding the wall that had been destroyed. And that, was, that was his hometown, and he's rebuilding this wall, and he's facing a lot of opposition. But again, it's a picture of consistency. And this job, Nehemiah, uh, the book of Nehemiah tells us it took him 52 days to rebuild the wall. So it's not an extremely long time, okay? But I'll just put it in perspective. 52 days doesn't sound like that long unless you're the one laying brick for 52 days, all right? If you're laying brick for 52 days, that is a long time. Every day, they're mixing mortar, they're shoveling sand, they're laying brick, they're moving scaffolding, they're building, they're build, it's hard, right? They're building a wall, but Nehemiah had a job to do. He stuck with it. It's a picture of consistency. All three of these, Noah built the ark one nail at a time. Joshua, one lap at a time. Nehemiah, one brick at a time. We're talking about consistency. We're talking about every day. And I just want to say this to you, that building a healthy family happens one day at a time. I wish it was a, a better recipe. It's just about consistency. It's about following God's word and doing it the way he prescribed for us to do, one day at a time. Go back to Galatians 6, verse 9, and I'll remind you with these words, let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time, I'll just add these words, your family will reap a harvest if you do not give up, if you show up every single day. I want to talk for just a few minutes about 
Consistency, consistency. Now, I'm gonna, I'm, I have three ways that I'm going to tell you literally the same exact thing of consistency because I'm hoping one of them will hit home in your heart. I'm encouraging you today in consistency with this to be consistently consistent, okay? I'm saying the same thing. It's two words, the same word. I just use them differently. Consistently consistent. Let me define consistency. Actually, let me let the dictionary define, uh, define consistent. It gives me three definitions. A, marked by harmony, regularity, or steady continuity, free from variation or contradiction. Here's the second. B, marked by agreement. And finally, C, the dictionary defines it as showing steady conformity to character, belief, or custom. Listen, consistency is so important to a healthy family. It's so important to uh, following Jesus. It's so important to a healthy marriage. It's so important to healthy parenting. I'm just telling you, in virtually all ways related to healthy family, consistency is so, so important. So I didn't want to just say it once. I'm saying it twice. I'm telling you to be consistently consistent. Here's the reality is that for some families, it's the exact opposite. In some families, the only thing that's consistent is their inconsistence, right? So I guess the only thing you can count on is that you can count on nothing because we don't live consistently in our lifestyles. Let me, let me talk to you just for a minute about one of the areas where I think it, it plays out for us. In, in no sphere of, of, of our life is the power of consistency easier to see and, and more valuable than the area of parenting. All right, Parents, listen, listen up. I want to talk to you specifically about being consistently consistent. Parents, you have the incredibly tough job of raising little humans. All right, It's really hard raising these little humans. And these little humans have never experienced the world before, right? They're born into this world, and you have to teach them everything, right? You have to teach them how to walk, how to eat, how to go to the bathroom, how to add, how to talk. How to, I mean, you have to teach them everything. And, and, and along the way, they're learning how to be a person, right? They're learning how to be a functioning, you know, contributing person in this world, which is the problem. We have a bunch that haven't learned it yet, but you're doing it. You're teaching your little humans how to be a functioning human. And along the way, along the way, um, they make mistakes. Any of your kids ever make mistakes? Along the way, they push boundaries. Any, any, any pushing boundaries happening in your home? Along the way, these things are happening, okay? Which, by the way, is how kids learn, all right? This is how they learn because they don't know anything. So they have to bump into some walls, right? They have to make some mistakes. They, they, have, to, they have to do some things, and it's our job to teach them, okay? In other words, parents, those boundary pushing, those mistakes, that's actually for you as the parent, it's actually a call to action because a good parent knows that they can't allow their children to go off course without redirecting, right? That's, that's your job. They make a mistake and we redirect and we teach them, right? And this is where consistency starts to really come into play because it would be easy. It would be so nice in parenting if all you had to do was course correct one time and teach them that lesson 
one time and your kid would learn every lesson the first time. Would that not be awesome? Wouldn't it? I mean, just one time. All I have to do is tell you this thing one time and it sticks and you learn. And I mean, that would be so incredibly awesome. But who are we kidding? That never happens. What's more likely is that the child will continue to make mistakes. They will continue to bump into those things. They'll continue. And so we're constantly course correcting, course correcting, course correcting. We're constantly helping with this. And what happens is that we get tired of having to be consistent in our parenting. Am I right? We get tired of, I mean, how many parents have you said, how many times have I told you this? How many of you have said that to your kids? Right? As if that makes it better, right? I'm, and I'm guilty too. How many times am I going to go over this? How many times am I going to tell you, do not hit your sister, Ava? Right? Oh, I, was, that, I didn't mean that. That happened. It, it gets tiresome. And here, here's the other thing that happens when it comes to consistency in, in, in parenting is that some children are very compliant. And they take that, and they learn, and they, they, we course correct a little, a little quicker, a little easier. But some of you have raised some hard-headed children. If they're near you right now, just give them a loving, just, just, just put your arm around. And just, I love you and your hard head. I just love you. And those hard-headed children, they push back. Right? And they, they, they fight you at every turn and they question everything and they're constantly testing the limits. And those kids, what happens often is it turns into an all out war, right? And these, it's like this little, like put your seatbelt on becomes an all out war, right? And it's just, and so what happens in this, talking about consistency, is sometimes in parenting, we don't want the war. So we never start the fight. So the child pushes back on the boundary, but we know that if we course correct, that it's going to fly off the handle and it's going to turn into a war. And you're just like, it's nine in the morning. I don't want, I don't want a fight at nine in the morning. So I'm just not going to correct it. And then that inconsistency starts to cause problems because now the child doesn't ever know which way you're going to go. They also figure out that if they push your buttons enough, eventually they'll get their way. And they start connecting the dots that you're afraid of them having an emotional outburst. And so they continue to have emotional outbursts because they know that when they do that, they get their way because you're afraid to be the mom or the dad. Are you following me? Consistency in parenting is such, such a big deal. And I'll add this. Here's, a, here's something you need to know. Consistency in parenting, especially if there's a mom and a dad in the home, also comes to being on the same page with your spouse. Do your kids ever do this? They figure out who to ask for what. Does that, does that ever happen in your, in your family? They figure it out. They're like, mom will say yes to this, right? But dad will say yes to this, right? And so Lisa and I figured out really early on this little trick. And so we figured out how to get on the same page. You know what my kids hate? They hate when they ask one of us and, the, and we say, well, I have to talk to, if, if I say, well, I have to talk to mom and I'll get back to you. They say, oh, because they know. They know that their plan is foiled, right? They know that we are going to get on the same page, right? 
So consistency in parenting, it's double hard because you have to be consistent with your own set of values and disciplines, but you also have to be on the same page with your spouse in that consistency. So, so just real quick, this is just like a, a, a mini lesson on, on consistency in parenting. I just wanted to like put in here as we're talking about consistently consistent, okay? So you got to get on the same page. Parents, you have to agree on your methods on when and how you are going to discipline, right? Like these are the rules of our house, right? And this is how we do things, right? And I'm just, you know, Ava helped me so, so well last week on Father's Day as we, we talked about this. But I'm just telling you, there are things in, 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 in our home that our girls know. They know these are our rules. And here's the beauty about it. There are rules in our house. There are also our rules when you go to someone else's house, because there, there are rules because you're my kid, right? So we, Lisa and I have worked hard to get on the same page, to be consistent, and for our kids to know these are our family rules, okay? Second, you got to get on the same page with your child, that means letting your child know that these are the family rules. This is how we live. This is how we make decisions. This is how we do things. And then third, you got to just you got to stick to your guns, right? You got to stick to it. You got to you got to just stick to what you say. I'm telling you, parents, you undermine your authority with inconsistency. When your kids know that they can just ask more and more and more and eventually they'll get their way, you have undermined your authority. So consistently consistent. Here's the second thing I want to say to you today is to be persistently consistent, all right? Persistently. In other words, I'm encouraging you today to fight for consistency, to be persistent about it. Here's a phrase that I love to use is this, is that drift happens naturally and quickly, okay? In other words, if you're not paying attention, if you're not being intentional, you will naturally and quickly begin to slowly drift off course. When I was a teenager, my parents took uh, my family with another family to Alaska on a family vacation. And the two dads thought it would be a great idea to rent uh, a boat and for us to captain our own boat and for us to live on that boat for 10 days. And what a wild adventure it was. And when we got on the boat, there was a smaller boat called a dinghy that was tied on top of their big boat. And me and my brother and the other boy, we all three immediately saw the little boat on the big boat, and we thought to ourselves, that must be our boat. And so the first cove that we, that we went into to anchor for the first night, I said, Dad, can the boys take the dinghy out for a boat ride? And the dads said, yes, which now looking back, I'm like, what in the world were they thinking? We were in Alaska for crying out loud, and they sent us out on this little dinghy, all right? So we got the dinghy down. We put the, the little, little motor on it. We gassed it up. We got all excited. We got in the boat, and off we went across the 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 bay and, and then the engine stopped and we could not get the engine to start again and none of us are mechanical but we were pulling on that thing and we were pushing things and we were looking at things and you know how you know like boys we didn't really know what we were doing but you know I'm looking at it I'm like it must be the discombobulator I bet you know the flux capacitor went out you know and we're trying to figure it out but we couldn't and here's what happened here's what happened we're in a bay in somewhere Alaska And the engine stopped, and so we began to drift naturally and quickly. And that that drift 
took us all the way to the other side of the bay. We were further from our starting point. We were further from safety. We were further from mom and dad. We were further from the only gun on the boat to protect us from the bears. And now we have washed ashore where the bears live. And we were freaking out because it was getting dark. I'm telling you today, I could tell you in so many ways that persistence is important because if you don't proceed, if you're not persistent in your consistency, you will naturally and quickly begin to drift. Listen, you can never underestimate what is possible with consistency and persistence. Think about, I just call it the the power of the drip, okay? It's the power of like just one drop after one drop after one drop after one drop. There's a guy by the name of Jim Watkins. He said this. He said, a river cuts through a rock, not because of its power, but its persistence, It's that idea of just over time, over time, over time, that water just running, that drip, that drip, that drip, that there's a power to cut a path into what would normally be a, a, a hard place that you could not get through. I'm telling you, persistence is so important. And listen, when you are consistent, time is actually to your advantage, When you're consistent, you are building strength. When you're consistent, you're gaining momentum. When you're consistent, I'm talking day after day, year after year, it's like like compound interest on your savings account. It's like your interest gains interest and it rolls over and it gains interest and it rolls over and again. And this is what happens. This is what happens in marriage. When you're consistent, I'm just telling you, Lisa and I have been married 23 years. It gets better every year. It gets better every year, every year, every year, every year. It's just like there's something that happens when you're persistently consistent with your kids. It gets better every year. There's some, because I'm telling you, time is to your advantage when you're persistently consistent. And here's why you have to be persistent is that life is hard. It seems like the game is always changing. And you, you need to know this. You have a very real enemy, and he hates you, and he's doing everything in his power to destroy your family. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 16 says this, even if godly people fall down seven times, they always get up. It's a picture of persistently being consistent. Here's the last one. So we're consistently consistent. We're persistently consistent. That's a tongue twister right there. And here's the last one, unwaveringly consistent. I love this verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. Families, I'm not sure that it's ever been more difficult than it is today to build a healthy family There's so many voices that are vying for your attention. There's so many opinions about how you should do things. And let me just tell you, it's become unpopular to build your family on biblical values, which is exactly why I wanted to bring you to this place today to tell you when it comes to your family, hold unswervingly to God's way. 
Do not look to the right or to the left. Don't give, don't give up control to anyone else. Hold on swervingly. Be consistent in raising your family and building your family according to God's word. When I was a kid, we were driving um, here in actually uh, south of here down towards uh, Berlin, and we were in a torrential rainstorm. <laughs> and uh, my dad was driving, mom's in the front seat, my brother and I are in the back seat. It's pouring down rain. And I remember because something felt different about how we were moving down the road, and one of us said something, and dad said, I think we're hydroplaning, all right? And, and, and that just means like, like you're on the water instead of your tires being on the ground, right? You're on the water. And he, and he, he said, so, something feels different. I think we're hydroplaning. And of course, as, as boys, we thought it was kind of cool. You know, that sounded cool. We're like, I don't know exactly what that means, but we're hydroplaning. Like, I thought it was pretty cool, right? And then we spun out of control. I mean, all of a sudden, we are driving, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour down the highway, and now we are spinning, right? We are just spinning, and Gerald and I are like, woo, you know, mom's freaking out, right? And we came to a stop, and here's what, here, I'll never forget it. My dad never took his hands off the steering wheel. I'll never forget this. Not once. We're hydroplaning, we're spinning. He never took it off. We stop. Now, once we come to a stop, now he takes his hands off the wheel. He touches my mom on the shoulder. She says, are you okay? He looks back. He says, boys, are you okay? Everyone's okay. That's when he took his hands off the wheel. I'll never, ever forget it. It's a great lesson for if you happen to be driving and you're caught in a storm and you're hydroplaning, never take your hands off the wheel. It's a better lesson for holding unswervingly to consistency when it comes to your family. I have this picture in my head of our kids coming home from school and they've been taught something that's contrary to what they're being taught at home. And in their heads, they're hydroplaning. And their world is spinning because mom and dad have always told me this and now my teacher's telling me this and the two things don't align. And my friends are telling me this and this, are you following me? And all of a sudden their, their, their world is spinning. Mom and dad, listen to me. Do not take your hands off the wheel of your family. Hold on swervingly. I don't care. Listen, listen, listen. I don't care what culture says. Are you following me? They don't have the right to dictate how I raise my kids. There's not a brand. There's been a lot of brands in the news lately for making their, their statements. There's not a brand on the planet that has the right to tell me how to raise my three girls. Not one. I don't care how much money they make. I don't want, care what things they sell. Listen, there's not a politician on the planet that has the, that has the ability to take my hands off the wheels of Dickinson car. I'm just telling you, it ain't happening. And I'm here today to encourage you to be consistent, even when culture's pushing back, even when someone else thinks they know a better way. I'm telling you today, unswervingly hold to your values, unswervingly hold to what the Bible teaches for your marriage, for your kids, for your, I'm just telling, hold unswervingly to that. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Why don't you stand with me? I'm gonna do this last part really fast, really fast, I promise you, really fast. As I was thinking about this this week, I'm sorry, note takers, because I had you stand. I'm I'm gonna give you a few more things, but it's fast. All week long, as I was thinking about this idea of consistency, I just all week long, I kept like hearing these these re these re words in my in my heart, and I would just write them down. I would just put them in a 
in a note. I'm going to share these with you. There, there's kind of some words, like, and they all start with re. It's like, I'll, I'll give you an example. So they're all about this coming back to these, these consistent paths, okay? So I'm just going to share them with you quickly. These are just things I felt the Holy Spirit teaching me this week. There's some things that must be done regularly to build healthy family. The question is this, are you willing to pay the price? Because living consistently, it's going to cost you something. I'm just telling you, it's going to cost you. So here, here's some words that maybe you need to consider in your daily, weekly, monthly, and annual habits for your family. Here, here's, here's the words I thought of. Renew, and I, and I wrote in each one of these a few other things. Renew is the word. The thing I thought of was this, renew your vows. Renew your vows. Now, I'm not actually talking about like a, a formal vow renewal. If you want to do that, that, that would be fine. But I'm saying this, married couples, occasionally, pretty often, you need to come back to a place where you renew the vow that you made to your spouse. Just in your own time. Sometimes you say it to them. Sometimes it's just, you just renew. You know, you just, this is why I'm married. Oh, this is, this is what I love about her. This is why I'm committed. This is why, I'm, this is why right, you, just, you renew. You just like renew. Here, here's another word. You refresh. You refresh. Hey, here's, what I, here's what I believe is that families need to refresh together. <laughs> I've talked a few times in this series about, because I think this is important, the importance of families resting together going on trips together, vacationing together, having fun together. Listen, something happens in a family when you refresh together that doesn't happen when you're doing the normal parts of life together, okay? You need both, you need both, okay? And by the way, it doesn't have to take a lot of money to refresh together. You can, you can do it on a budget, okay? I'm just telling you, I think, I think this refresh is important. Here's another one, re-engage, re-engage. And the word I wrote here was re-engage your energy, Here's the deal. You're spending your energy every day on a whole bunch of things. Every day, right? You're spending energy to, to work and to go to the store and to be with your friends and to post on Facebook and to, right? All these things. Just, they're all taken. And then it's just a little energy. It's just a little energy. It's a little energy. And then you get home and you have nothing left for your family. And I'm, just, I'm encouraging you today to, to re-engage, to, to make sure that your family is getting an appropriate amount of your energy, of your focus. Here, here's another one. Revisit. Revisit. Here's what I wrote down. Revisit your vision for your family. You know, you stand at the altar. You're getting married. You're making vows. You're thinking about, oh, we're going we're gonna to have kids. The guy's thinking about, we're going to make kids. The, the woman's thinking, we're going to have kids. You think about those kids, you think about, oh, we're going to take them to Disney, and they're going to grow up, they're going to do this, and you're dreaming about your family, and you have a vision for your family. Oh, we want to do this, we want to do that, and we're going to have this, and listen, I'm just telling you, drift happens naturally and quickly, so, and so every, every few months, every so often, you've got to re-engage that vision for your family, you kind of come back, right? We've started to come back. We've got to come back, and we're going to re-engage, we're going to, we're going to re-engage, we're going to, we're going to revisit Here's, a, here's another one. I'm almost done. I'm doing it fast. Review. Review. Here's what, here's what I would encourage you. Review your schedule. Review your time. Review, you know, what you're doing, right? I'm just telling you, everyone, everyone has an agenda for your family, but you're the only one that gets to dictate it. I'll tell my kids sometimes they're involved in sports, they're, they run track, they're in basketball, 
right? They're, they're doing different things. And I'll tell them this. I say, your coaches are great coaches, but they have one agenda for your life. And it's for you to become the best basketball player they've ever coached in their lives. But I have a different agenda for you. I want you to be good at basketball, but I also want you to be a good human being. And I want you to love the Lord. And I want you to get good grades. And I want you to, you know, I, I have all these, you see what I'm saying? So sometimes you just, you, you, you got you to you revisit that. You got you to look at it. You got to review your schedule. What's, what's getting our attention? Is this helping you? I'm, I'm in it with the practical. I got three more. You, you have t- two more. I have two more. How, can, can you do two more? All right, here's two more. Here's two more. Reconnect. Reconnect. Listen, everything in our culture is pulling you away from meaningful connection with other humans. Family is the best place <laughs> for you to connect with humans. Family is the best place for your kids to learn how to communicate with one another. Family is the best, I'm just telling you, and, and I, I don't know, this sounds old school, one of the best places for it is around the dinner table. I, I heard a stat today, this will blow your mind. The average family meal today is 12 minutes. The average family meal is 12 minutes. Slow that thing down. Talk to your kids. Talk to your spouse. Find out what's happening. Reconnect. Remind yourself. We're just humans sitting around eating a meal. Share with one another. Encourage one another. Help one another. Pray for one another. And it'll take more than 12 minutes, I promise you. Here's here's the last one. Rethink. And the word was, was this. Rethink your priorities. Rethink your priorities. Listen, it's really, really easy to start chasing things that at the end of your life will not matter. At your funeral, no one will be checking your bank account. No one will care what title is left on your door at your office. But the people that love you the most will hopefully be in that room. If you've done it right, they'll be in that room. And they'll be celebrating the way that you lived your life and the way you taught them and discipled them in the ways of the Lord. Some of us need to rethink our priorities. Was this helpful to you today? Say every day, one more time. Say every day. Every day. I'm telling you, every day. It's hard work. Every day. Show up every day. I've asked our worship team if they would lead us in a final song because I love having a moment to reflect at the end as we've talked about God's word. And I would just encourage you in these final moments to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. I don't know which one of these re-words you need the most in your life, in your family, but I'll promise you, if you'll ask the Holy Spirit, he will help you right now. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to pray and God's going to do some things in your life. Do you believe that today? He's going to worship team. Will you come? Will you help us this morning? Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.